It's episode 154 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Ed Crawley. Hi, how are you? Um, I exist. I'm all right, actually. <laughs> it's Bank Holiday Monday and I'm very, very happy. Um, I'm <laughs> off work for a week, so yes, I'm good today. Yeah, have you been coping with uh, the way that things are at the moment in the world, what with everything, what's going on? Uh, yeesh, big question. Um, so I work for the NHS, which means that my job has kind of exploded um so i've gone from a nice steady sedate 37 and a half hours to whatever is needed from me that week and where i guess my day job is specifically uh, around projects and stuff and so um i've now got a covid project that's quite big so it's it's been a bit busy um not gonna lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, between that and lockdown and kids off school and everyone feeling the kind of the lock-in pressure, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Let's talk coffee. Let's talk coffee. Right. So, you want to know about my improvised coffee, randomized coffee trials? So, um, because of Corona and the fact that I don't actually have the headspace to do any improv stuff, um, I thought I wanted to get to know some some improvisers a little better, um, because we've got some opportunities to do that, and you know there's some some wonderful initiatives like the British Improv Pro- Project um, that do you know kind of the get-togethers twice a year. Big shout out to to Jeff and Tom, um, but generally other than that, I I didn't see loads of other opportunities for it, so I thought well. Well, I can do something about this. Um, there's a thing, an initiative that we have in certainly in my hosp- in my trust called a randomised coffee trial, where everybody signs up, and um, one, every so often you get an email saying you've been matched with someone, and you then arrange to go and have coffee with them. And it's it's a really really simple idea, but what it does for me is it makes connections that you wouldn't wouldn't ordinarily have made. Um, so my, my last one, I've, I met with a, a research nurse who I would never have got to, to talk to in my, in my day job. I made a really, really good contact. You know, we were able to kind of help each other out on projects. And I thought well, it's, it's such a simple idea and actually it applies to the improv community. Um, so I, I set about stealing, I guess, the, the spreadsheet to, to <laughs> randomize it. Um, and then just setting it all up. It, I, it's, it took a fair bit of work. I mean, one of my colleagues, bless him, um, Tom. Shout out to Tom Turner if you're if you're listening. Thank you. Um, is fixing the mail merge for me because it's melted my tiny brain. Um, but that's <laughs> without without the mail merge, it just means I'm sending just emails into the night, which I'm kind of all right with. Um, so we launched this on Saturday. We're recording on Monday, so over in. 48 hours um i've got 80 signups um wow and not just 80 signups 80 signups from around the world so we've got uh, there's people from america uh, or the states uh, canada australia singapore um you know europe it's it's just gone global and i'm just so overwhelmed by it um and actually the thought that there's 80 new sets of connections that are going to be made every quarter um it just like i said it just warps my tiny brain and i'm all about just 
getting to know each other a bit better, you know, just having time, taking half an hour and just sitting with someone that you don't know, even virtually, we can do this with kind of messenger zoom. It all exists now. Um, and the idea is just, just talk to another human being and, you know, improv is all about making connections. You know, it's what I hate most about the Herald. Um, <laughs> not going to lie about that one um, but improv is all about making connections but we can we can take that that same connection and apply it kind of on a meta scale kind of let's 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 work together and build our our improv community um joe thompson i think is doing some wonderful things looking about the kind of improv ecosystem and i think this is something that can just help help build that and nurture it and it's something i can do with relatively little effort but it it rewards so many people and I just, it's just a nice idea. I thought we could have a giggle. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's, it's a fantastic idea. And I a hundred percent agree. Uh, improv is about connection for me. Um, it's an, it's a opportunity for me to connect with people. Um, and sometimes I find it easier to connect with people through improv than I would just having a conversation with them. Mm. Um, just like being friends. Uh, or another example is sometimes I find it easier to connect with people uh, when recording a podcast with them rather than just saying, let's have a chat. Well, exactly. Improv. Exactly. Having a purpose to the communication makes it more meaningful. Um, so if it was just, you know, here's someone's email address, get in touch, arrange and have a, have a coffee, have a chat. That's, that's one thing. If we then start layering on top of that, um, you know, here is a suggested conversation to have. Here's some questions to ask that we think might be nice. Then you've got some prompts. It might, might break one or two of the slightly more, you know, maybe perhaps more reserved or introverted people. I mean, myself, incredibly in that camp you know to, to have something to to build a conversation around you know even if it's you know d decide amongst you what's what's your favorite improv structure or what talk about what your favorite games are um what what when talk about a time when it all went horribly wrong in improv what did you learn from it all standard <laughs> job interview questions um and then and then i guess if we that 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 connection that that friendship that then gets nurtured you know cross atlantic cross globally whatever um that you know it's i guess it's more people to not come to our shows but at the same time it's more people to kind of share share kind of some of the good news and share learning you know someone's picked up a really useful tip for x that you know then it gets shared and then it goes everywhere and i i love that it's mm. it's you know it's it's something that we've done to to help and yeah i 100% agree and because i don't work um, for somewhere as important as the NHS, I've actually had a bit more time to do some online improv. Um, and I've really been excited about the international nature mm. of online improv. And you know, I've made connections with people from around the world that I just normally wouldn't have been able to do if I'd just been you know, improvising in, in London and in Reading. So, yeah, I think it's really exciting that you've had people from around the world respond. Mm. And, and the numbers as well. I mean, I, I'd have been, I was delighted with 10. I was amazed with 20. And then I went to bed and it was more. And I just, yeah. Um, on one hand, it means I've got more, more emails to send, um, which is kind of a problem I want to have. Um, so if if you're listening and you haven't signed up, sign up, make more work for me. Um, <laughs> one of us will regret this and it won't be you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, th I think that's fantastic. And yeah, anything, um, you know, I love connecting with people through improvising with them, mm. but also, 
you know, using improv as a, a way to connect with them, talking about improv, and then you can talk about other things as well. And so, yeah, anything that um, helps people connect, um, mm. I think it's a fantastic idea. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. So um, I'll be closing it probably at the end of May. Um, um, and then, so every, start of June, everybody should get should get their emails. And then I look forward to kind of, you know, hearing about people catching up. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I think that's brilliant. Mm. Um, tell me about your problems with the Herald. Oh, now we were told to keep the length down on this. Uh, <laughs> I also said this was a nice, friendly chat, and I wasn't going to ask you anything controversial that might get you into trouble. Um, appears, all right, it appears that I lied. It, it appears you did. Um, okay, truth truth telling time. I've never done a Herald. Uh, it scares me. No, <laughs> So, um, uh, my, uh, my ultimate theory is that, um, good improv is good and bad improv is bad and you can have good heralds and you can have bad heralds. It's just that proportionally I've seen more bad heralds than I have good heralds. Um, and also sometimes for me, I realized I asked you, but now I'm telling you what I think. Um, is that um, sometimes what really excites me is when people invent their own formats mm. or they're excited by something and they come up with something new. And I think sometimes when people say, oh, let's just do a Herald, it kind of shows a lack of imagination. And um, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with a Herald, but if a group come on and say they're going to do a Herald, it kind of it slightly sets alarm bells it's, off for me. It's interesting like, the. It's when when you said let's just do a herald. It's almost a resignation. Oh, it's oh oh go on then. Well, we'll just do a herald. Um, it was so my first career. Weird, random aside. My first career was um, as an electrician, uh, aged like seventeen. I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't tie my own shoelaces, but I was apparently qualified to to be an electrician and electricate. Um, not the right <laughs> word. Um, <laughs> um, but the the guy that kind of took me under his wing, kind of an old grizzled kind of veteran of fifty years, kind of electricking, um, he once said to me that stay away from anything that starts with the word just. That can you just do me this? Can you just do me that? And ever since that, every time someone put someone says the word just in a sentence, it's an immediate hook. Um, that that's it's one of my favourite improv tricks. Um, that kind of when they say oh. Or you know, I'll, I'll lay it down in an initiation that kind of oh, we're just here again, and it kind of it, it immediately sets so much weight. Well, it does in my mind. Um, and it's I, I think there's an entire workshop on the word just. Uh, please let me yeah, do no, it. I'll bore I'm... other people with this theory. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, when when the British Improv Project uh, returns, you can certainly uh, pitch. That. I, I pitched. I pitched and, a version uh, of that actually. <laughs> oh wow. Um, Yes, yes, I'm still, I was, uh, I was sad when everything was cancelled. Yeah. Um, but there was a moment in those heady days when it looked, it looked like there was a loophole. Yeah. It, it looked, there was a, like a, a week where it was like, it was confirmed that it was definitely going to, oh no, it wasn't. <laughs> there was some loophole that it didn't count as. It didn't count as a mass loopholes. gathering because it was under X number, but then the rules changed again. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, with the benefit of hindsight, <laughs> it was obviously, you know, the right decision to cancel Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, there was a bit like, I think that we had some false hope um, 
for a while. Uh, yeah, uh, for, for people that haven't been to the British Improv Project, do, do you want to just reflect on some of your experiences? Um, I mean, 150 improv people, or high number of improv people, locked in a magnificent hotel for nigh on 72 hours. There is podcast recording, There is there are drinks, there are jams, there are workshops on almost anything you want to to see and the herald um <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i don't know i've just i've i've been twice and i i'm a convert i will always go to bip if i can make make it and afford it so it is mm. i i adore it yeah i um, i really enjoy it um especially because it gets gives me the chance to meet people outside of London and Reading. Um, and the first time I went, I was like, wow, there's improv going on in the rest of the world. I have quite a patronising uh, <laughs> a, a, approach to uh, improv outside of London, I just realised. Oh, the provinces like, have got oh, improv. <laughs> you've, got a love, you've got a lovely little stage. Well, well done. Well done, well done. Uh, oh, dear. Um, uh, so yeah, so that that was that was a really lovely thing, and just kind of like getting to meet people from around um, the country, um, and um, yeah, get to know them. And, mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, also the the sort of the democratic way in which the workshops are run, you know, and the way in which anyone can anyone that's attending can pitch to run a workshop. I find you know. Yes, I uh, I really like that. You know, and, it, and it's you know I went to. Charlie Gascoigne did one on that was in, inspired by her learning through speech and language therapy. Um, yes. and that was phenomenal. Um, and again, introduced a notion that would never ordinarily make it to improv, but it did. Mm. And improv was the richer for it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I tend to that. That was great. Um, I, I'm particularly passionate about that idea of looking beyond improv mm. for ideas and then translating those into improv, because I think, you know, it's obviously it's great to study improv, and I'm always going to do that. But I'm also excited about looking beyond it and what can I take from, you know, physical theatre or Laban or yeah. you know anything like that, and then translating it into improv. So that's that. That's what I guess that's the core of one of my other ideas. So this is one I did. This is what I did pitch um, to bit. It was um, I did a couple of years ago. I was I was I was coming up short in kind of personal development at work, and I found an uh, an NLP course, neuro linguistic programming, um, which as a science has been thoroughly and extensively debunked. Um, <laughs> but the guy that taught it was. I get almost evangelical about his approach. Um, and actually, I learned a lot from that. But also, I learned a curiosity for the words people choose to use. And, it, you know, it goes back to the kind of the word just that we talked about. Um, but, you know, it's 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 being aware of little hooks and phrases that people kind of just leak out um, that don't intentionally place in a sentence but can give us insight into what they were thinking when they said it. Um, you know, it's, you know... Oh, it's, can you just change me this light fitting? Can you just, um, how do we end up here? You know, everything that builds and in, you know, in short, short versions, you build a lot of context just from these tiny little 
unconscious vocal tics. Um, mm. I, I I love that, and and that that is precisely the um, the the workshop I've. Uh, I've, I've pitched. I guess the only thing to be careful of is separating what the improviser says and what the act uh, and what the character says, because um, it, it needs to not be a ha ha. You got it wrong. Um, you know, if someone's you know fluffs a word, for example, and then the improviser mm. jumps on that. Um, sorry, the character jumps on that, and the improviser's kind of left straggling a little. Um, so it needs to be done delicately, and I guess at the top of your intelligence to kind of. To, to do it well I think I, I'm no expert at it it just seems like a really nice idea that I'd like to explore um, mm. that's a bit of a passion so yeah words they're important yes I am quite sensitive to words I'm much more of a sort of an auditory person than visual um, you know radio podcasts um, I enjoy more than TV and films there's something about having to watch pictures um, I just miss a lot of information when I rewatch okay. them. I'm like I pick, um, or I'll if I listen to a a commentary. Um, I've been rewatching the Bond films uh, recently sure. because they confuse and mystify me <laughs> um, in equal measure. I'm like, are these any good? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that they are. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I've only got as far as um, You Only Live Twice, so I haven't concluded my um, uh, journey. Uh, but what I am doing is I'm reading a couple of books which are offering commentary um, on oh, the wow, films okay. I'm watching. Yeah. Um, so that's been um, really interesting. Um, See, for, for me, I was always more of a, um, I guess, a numbers person than words. So my natural inclination is, you know, dry data, spreadsheets, formulas which is why i was so annoyed that i couldn't make the mail merge work possibly because email addresses <laughs> are words and that's that will remain <laughs> my excuse <laughs> um, so it was it was actually that that course kind of set me on a, a, a kind of a journey of learning about kind of well, what why do we use the words that we use are they always intentionally placed in a sentence or are they do they just kind of fall out of our mouth um mm. and if if we start kind of exploring with that curiosity as to why did they say the word love there why did they you know you've got an immediate glimpse into what the character uh, in an improv scene um is is doing is feeling is kind of exhibiting and again you as a, as a fellow improviser can kind of just get into that hook that they're laying down completely like subconsciously maybe um but if we start using words consciously um, then, then that's interesting. Um, mm. and if you treat the placement of words as a conscious, so Bobby Anderson from Strike has a wonderful phrase that I, I don't know, it stuck with me. Treat everything in an improv scene as intentional. So you know the distance you stand, how you stand, where you stand, kind of the the the, the tone quality of the voice, as well as the words that they use. Um, all of a sudden, you're picking up on so many more. Um, I don't know cues or or clues or hooks in a scene than you were if you were just responding to someone that walks into a scene and goes sup you know how did they walk mm -hmm. in how fast did they walk in um how far away from you did they stand all of those um belie a relationship i guess and from that you get so much more and, and it makes your job easier mm. um it makes your job easier because you have to invent less 
if you've observed this, mm. um, you can just build off that. And also that spills over into the rest of your life as well. Mm. Um, and having that awareness of people, like that can only be a benefit. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned uh, Strike. Yes. Tell me about Strike. Oh, what a wonderful bunch of nerds. I love them all dearly. <laughs> um, so Strike is uh, one of two troops I'm in. Um, and we are the, the house team for Little Chicago Comedy. Um, currently on hiatus. Get well soon. Um we are based in Sheffield. Um, we travel occasionally. Our general, what we're doing a lot of right now is macro scenes. Um, but we kind of we occasionally toy with many other, um, many other structures and and ways of working. Um, what's 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 a macro? Scene? A macro scene uh, is a scene where it's all fixed in space and time um, in one large kind of transitory place so it's generally like an airport uh train station hospital hospitals tend to get a green wingy um which is no bad thing but they get a bit samey um hospitals so kind of and what you do is you pick up one thing that can transit from one scene to another so we we follow a waft of smoke as it goes out of one room and into the other and that sparks off a separate scene um so it's all kind of fixed in that sort of one space and time I love it because you get to kind of branch out and explore a world a lot more than if you were doing, say, a um, just a montage. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Harold. Wasn't going to. Wasn't going to. <laughs> I've learnt. <laughs> um, yeah, so Macro Scene. We've also got a couple of other shows kind of, kind of in the pipeline. Um, which are always fun. Last one we did was Story Time um, at the Sheffield Local Theatre, which is sadly now um, pass, passed on. Um, it doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's a damn shame. It was a wonderful venue. Um, and that Story Time was uh, a, a, an improvised retelling of famous stories. So it could be Hansel and Gretel, it could be Jack and the Beanstalk, those sorts of things, where only two of the cast know the story. Ah, um, so we improvisers got to be well as improvisers are. Um, so there was I, I love this story, and it was a rehearsal. I was in not long before it was it was staged, uh, where we were doing Toy Story, um, and one of the characters forgot to name themselves, but all they did was talk about a hat that they were wearing. They were clearly Woody. They then got labelled Abraham Lincoln, um, <laughs> <laughs> which which swerved the entire entire show in one very specific direction. <laughs> um, so how do you in- go on? I was just to say, how do you ensure that only two people know the story? Um, top of your intelligence. Um, so you- <laughs> um, the, again, the overriding piece of advice I took from from that show was. Um, all six members of the the cast on stage fight to be the protagonist because they don't know, like four of them don't know the story. So they're trying to wrestle the story to be about them. Um, And then watching the other two that do know the story kind of fight to keep it back on track. And there's kind of a strange, not competition, but rivalry almost starting to grow Um, visible frustration from the, um, from the actual (laughs) protagonists um, to try and get the show to where it needs to be. It was an absolute joy. <laughs> so, are you asking the audience to provide the story? Yes. Um, so, how? What? So, do you choose a story where only two people know? No, the story? no, we choose a story, and everyone could know it. Everyone could not. So, the ones who know it oh. best generally kind of gave some sort of indication, um, right, yeah. and then everybody, I guess, forgot what little they knew about the story. 
Um, we had a wonderful one of the w- ones that made it onto stage was I think it was Twilight, um, where because it was set in a school, there was a school inspector and Ofsted came. Um, loved it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the inspe- <laughs> I think the Ofsted inspector might have lost a hand in that one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> as 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 um, someone that teaches in adult education, anyway. <laughs> I, I don't. I should. I, think, I mean, we're, I don't let people behind the magic. We're recording this at nine o'clock, and normally I record it a little bit earlier. I don't know whether it's just like this is like now Hollyoaks after dark. This is like we're getting <laughs> Harold. I'm, I'm letting Harold have it. I'm letting Ofsted have it. Yeah, they're all today. getting it. I don't know. I've got a bottle of wine next to me. If it goes on much later, I might lose the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. Um, <laughs> So, um, in the normal scheme of things, um, how often would uh, strike rehearse? Uh, so, in the normal st- scheme of things, we rehearse weekly um, in a delightful venue that kind of feels like a nightclub that closed twenty years ago and got a. St- oh, wow! No, I think it is actually a nightclub that that closed twenty years ago, got a lick of paint, and is now a community arts venue. I adore this place. Um, it is beautiful, revolving dance floor, and L. Wow. Revolving dance floor. Um, I've never improvised on it, but improv in the round. Yeah. Oh, they need to fix that dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and how, are the, are they, how are the rehearsals organised? Uh, so Bobby Anderson and Alex Keane um, do have to sort of, kind of joint... Um, artistic direct, um, and they generally kind of lead lead the workshops, lead the um, lead the troop um, very very well, if I say so. In fact, I, I learned a lot from them when I set up work in progress, actually, um, which is my other troop, which which meet monthly um, and is an improvised office comedy. So, um, work in progress is in the style of I don't know the office, the thick of it, bit too real nowadays. Actually, the thick of it. Um, <laughs> The office thick of it, you know, even Brooklyn Nine Nine, Yes Minister, all of those kind of um, office type um, sitcoms, essentially. Um, and I actually that started uh, because I wanted to write an office sitcom about my actual place of work. But I'm incredibly lazy, um, and I actually decided it was much easier to just improvise it. <laughs> um, so I did that. God, that was that. I think we held auditions like a year ago this week or something like that. Um, and we got eight, eight or nine, might even be ten of us in total, um, people all, all showed up. And thankfully, everybody that showed up was of such a quality that I was delighted to invite them all to join. Um, so nobody sent, got sent away unhappy. Um, and then we devised, set the format and staged it in about three months um, at, again, the local theatre in Sheffield. We had a four-night run um, that was just sublime. Um, it was it was amazing. It's such a good show. Um, the improvised office comedy. It's. It, I don't know how much we, how do we want to talk about format here because I'm incredibly proud of the format. I want all the detail. All the detail. Right. So trade secret. My favourite part of of my work in progress show is the open. Um, do you ever watch, I don't know, like Dinner Ladies or something? I'm going somewhere with this. Do you remember kind of the Victoria Wood Dinner Ladies? Oh, it's all set in one That's thing. Pretty- and the start of every episode is the lights get turned on and people just drift in. 
that's that's basically our opening for for whip for work in progress so it's kind of set in kind of it's it's almost like a monocene where everyone kind of just kind of drifts in and out of the scene um and it's it's the coffee room in the morning it's the, it you know it's everyone comes in and the world starts you know it's before work everything's all a little bit more informal um you get to understand how everybody interacts with each other and it's all really loose and formal and then it then it just drops into the fairly standard kind of green amber red kind of wait for the tilt and off you go um but that opening took so long to get right because we were toying with Laurons, we were toying with kind of just two, three sets of pairs, and nothing felt organic enough. Um, so that open, so when when we, I, I adore that open. When we stitched it, when we staged it, sorry, um, when we staged it, we held a bit of a question and answer one night uh, to a room full of mostly improvisers, and they asked because I don't think they could they couldn't spot the format, um, which made me really proud that we'd either invented something new or the improvisers that were there were paying attention to the show and not the format. Um, and either of those is good. Either of those is good. It, it certainly can't have been because the improvisers weren't looking for the right format, but um, yeah, so that, that's work in progress. We're now rehearsing monthly um, and we're hoping to take our show when lo- lockdown ends um, around places. So we had something booked in Leeds. I think we we might have a show in October in Leicester. Um, Leicester? Uh, some, somewhere south. Um, there's, there's a lot of places <laughs> south of Sheffield. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm almost as proud as, of work in progress as, as I am my own children. <laughs> but I've got some incredibly disappointing children, so. So, <laughs> so um, once you've so you, so you've got this sort of super organic opening. Mm. Um, so are you te- uh, ask? Do you have an ask for? Oh yeah, so it's a the, the get is um, just a, a place that you'd always like to see the inst- a, pl- a place an office that you'd like to see kind of what what it looks like. Um, Ooh, so that's nice. rejected uh, suggestions were the Brexit office. Yeah, I rolled my eyes there. Sorry, it's an audio format. It didn't work. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes. Yeah, okay, um, so that that was actually really during more. that was during the run. Uh, I just glossed right over that. I didn't want to get into that <laughs> one. Um, that that's the one that always sticks with me. Accepted ones was the little place that makes the IKEA pencils. <laughs> um, we had a. <laughs> I think it was like an advertising company, and and this is a line that will stay with me forever. Um, it was by my wonderful friend Pitt Mason, um, and he had come up. His game in this show was he was just making more and more elaborate advertising props. So he walked on, and his his offer was, and I am not lying, the entire nineteen sixty six World Cup winning England football team whittled in wood together as a human centipede. I mean, it's memorable. It's that is that line is going to die with me. I will always remember <laughs> that line. Um, <laughs> I'm dining out on that line. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, once you've had this kind of organic opening, yeah. how do you then 
go uh, into the rest so of the that, show. So that, that swept after usually like three or four minutes. So it, it goes on for quite a while because we've got to want to establish kind of, you know, it takes up almost 10% of the show. Um, from there, it's um, generally break up into pairs for a couple of round of kind of just some, some green scenes, some world building, what's going on. Um, we'll hit the tilt. What's, what's you know, kind of what's the, the big event? You know, is it we've got the, the inspectors coming in and we've got the tax man coming Um there's a few few different ones, um, a couple of maybe some group scenes, but generally will end either with some sort of team meeting um, or a way day or just something kind of big and ensemble um, that we can kind of resolve as much as we can um, without it being overly narrative. So it's it's as much a slice in the life of a weird day at the office um, as it is kind of a, a narrative structured piece. Mm. Um, mm. Um, you've mentioned um, green, amber, red system. Yes. Um, Can you explain that to me? This please? is, I don't know whose theory this is. I want to say Kate Knight. Um, and if it, if it is, yay. If, I, if it's not, I apologise. Um, please correct me. Um, I, think, um, I think it's Kit from uh, Falkhorn... Um, Impro. Perfect. Foghorn Impro. Is that what they're called? I've I've just doubted myself. <laughs> I should have committed to that. Um, who, whoever spawned sp- spurned it, spawned it. Um, it's a wonderful format. So the green. Uh, so it talks about. I'm going back for some notes that I have not written. Um, <laughs> uh, so the green scenes are generally world building, um, and that's where we establish everything. We pop, pop, pop everything into the pot of the show. We set a lot of things going. We establish some games. Um, Amber is kind of we start playing some games and we're heading towards the tilt, or the tilt happens at the start of the Amber scenes, um, and the tilt is, I guess, the thing that we're building to narratively. Um, so we'll run through the Amber scenes. Games continues to be played. Uh, and then we get to the red scenes where everything is resolved. The pace becomes a lot faster, a lot more frenetic. Uh, and whatever we established at the tilt comes to pass. And then take a bow, it's done. That was an incredibly poor rendition of what that was. <laughs> um, I think it was Kit from Foghorn Unscripted. Um, well, I don't. I know that I was at a British Improv Project weekend, and we she ran a workshop a couple of years back. That she will be it then. On this. That will be it. Yes, I suspect that's that. That will be it. From. Sorry, Kate Knight. Sorry, Kit. <laughs> Although um, Kate Knight is brilliant, let's just celebrate Kate's think, brilliance. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just general brilliance. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it's people like Kate and it's people like Kit. Um, I never, I only ever get to see the British Improv Project, and that's only twice a year, and it makes me, it makes me sad. Oh, well, I know. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, and and how did you get started in improv? Oh, um, improv origin story? origin stories. Uh, so I thought I might make uh, a jobbing. So, even before that, um, my wonderful wife sat in the corner glaring at me for being too loud. Um, <laughs> bought me for Christmas one year um, a stand-up comedy intro course. Because wow. I, I was um, horrible, horribly introverted, wouldn't talk, etc. I wanted to do something about it, so I, I did like a, a, a stand-up intro course. Um, did that for a day, then did nothing with it. 
then I did something again, a, a similar version uh, of that, and then booked booked an open mic. So I was trying to th- think I, I might be a stand up. Turns out I'm not. Um, it's far too lonely. There's too much driving, um, and I don't like recording myself. And most importantly, you're on your own up there. Um, so I thought I was actually doing a student gig. Um, excuse me, in Sheffield, um, run by the Sheffield Review. Um, whose sister society are the Shrimps, who is the University of Sheffield's Improv Society. So while I was there attempting to do my stand-up, everyone says, ha, maybe you should try improv. And I... Um, <laughs> I mean, that sounds like quite a passive-aggressive kind of, like, review, doesn't it? Yeah, have you, have you thought about doing improv? Um, I'm paraphrasing slightly. Um, the yeah. sublime Hugh Clark of um, Stealing the Show... Um, was was there and he took me to one side and we were just chatting and he says if you like this you sh- you might also like improv so I'm like what's that standard improv line hey do you remember the name that shall never be uttered um, I'll talk about the Harold but I won't talk about that it's interesting it's a weird line to draw um, and so I went along about three weeks later and that was about four years ago and I think I haven't. I've never gone so long without improv as lockdown since. Um, so I started with the Shrimps, um, was there for about three years. I've just done a year, with over a year, oh, about 15 months um, with Strike, and we're a year into work in progress. So, yeah, wow. And now improv random coffee trials. Fantastic. Mm. Right, so I have two two um, sort of big questions uh, to 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 wrap things up with. Sure. Um, the first one is, what could uh, if someone were to step on stage with you, mm-hmm. what could they do to delight you? Oh, uh, I don't general, offer me something. Um, and I mean that in a kind of a physical mime work sort of here have this comedy banana I've just opened. Um, so I really like phys- uh, physical um, physical offers. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun. They could also talk in a funny voice. I get a <laughs> lot. I get a lot of joy from just I don't know, just a funny voice. Um, Tom, Tom McGrath, who is a dear friend, uh, who's in strike and he's also in work in progress. Uh, does a bit, and I he promises he's never done this in an improv scene, um, where he's just a baby. Um, and he is the most loudest, northernest baby you've ever heard. And every time he <laughs> hears it, I am I am howling with laughter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the big, the, big, uh, the big final question. What's your signature move? What's the thing that you do that saves the day, that brings down the house, that has everyone going, classic Crawley. Oh, good Lord. Um, I have no idea, but I do enjoy, um, I do enjoy a what's going on really. Ooh. That's, tell me, tell me um, what you mean by that. If I, am, if I am struggling, the biggest gun I know how to pull out in a long form show is, tell me what's really going on. Um, so it just it immediately dives into kind of the subtext and just just forces character interaction. Um, it's it's like when my when my kids just start bashing together action figures to make them kiss. It's it's almost that kind of obvious. The kind of what's really going on. All of a sudden, you're into the kind of the, the meta character relationships and kind of 
well, I was I started to resent you because you didn't let me go for that interview the other day. You know, then you you're into way more content and context. So I do like uh, so, what's going on really. So would you actually ask that? Oh yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what's really going on. Um, so it's it's was one of the improv power tools uh, as as they were taught yeah. to me. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, I've not heard that before. That's really interesting, because yeah, you you get to dig between, below the surface, but it also in character, it's an opportunity to clarify what's going on. Mm. That's nice. Um, I take no credit favorite. for this. Again, again, strike comedy. Um, yeah, goldmine. Um, one of my favourite uh, questions to ask: If you're you've started um, a scene with somebody. And it seems to be quite a scene with an argument. Mm. Um, ask the question, how did we end up like this? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because, because then it kind of it diffuses the argument and it establishes that you have a relationship and that something went wrong. Mm. And then you can kind of like, you can dig into the relationship and stuff like that. So that's... that's oh, that's a lot of fun. Yes. How did we end up like this? There were, again, the words, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fab. Cool. Um, so if you're listening to this um, fairly, fairly soon after it's been released, do uh, sign up uh, Sign up for uh, coffee. Uh, for, remind me what it's called. Uh, so ran- Random. randomised coffee trial. It's, it's a randomised coffee trial. Sign up for random coffee. Um, even if you're listening to this in three months' time, that's okay. The, the, the form will still be open. We'll just only connect you once every quarter. So that af- ah, after June, um, the next connection will likely be September, if my counting is correct. <laughs> and is the best place... Is it, it's, it's a blog on the British Improv Project website. Yes. Is that the best place um, to find it? Yeah, that's it, a good yeah? place to find it. Um, depending on what you've, how you access your improv, there are myriad posts on various uh, improv um, Facebook groups. I'm so grateful to everyone for sharing that. Um, again, the, the wider it goes, the more people sign up, the better better it works. Yes, uh, yeah, but the uh, British Improv Project uh, wrote a quick blog post on there. Um, give it a look, and the link's in there as well. That's fantastic. Um, oh, the only thing I have left to say is thank you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I was, I was doing the... Um, you, you, if you, you won't have seen this, I'm doing the British Sign Language uh, It's tapping. a pause, yeah. I'm doing jazz hands. Yes. And also doing jazz hands. I've got a lot. I've got a way of doing a lot of jazz hands because people think I'm doing British Sign Language for clapping. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> that under the radar. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. I made this. That's improv. That's improv.